Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening, ladies. I feel like it has been forever since I've done Girl Chat Weekly Live. So here I is. I got my water. I got my tea. You know you're menopausal when you got hot tea and cold water at the same time. And you just got to decide which one you want. That's just as high I'm set up right now. Can y'all bear with a girl? Bear with a menopausal sister. So how y'all doing this evening? It's Tuesday night. It's our one hour of girl chat. Our one hour about us, for us, with us, by us, all of that. Take a moment, if you can please do me a favor. Like, tag, share, subscribe. Uh, we are able to get stars. Uh, so as a radio network, if you want to send stars to help me earn money to share more content. I would love that. So think about that. If you can send some stars, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, I don't know where you're tuning in from, but I have a YouTube and a Facebook station channel, whatever you want to call it. So on Facebook, it's just critical conversations, but I got to get my YouTube audience built up. And the way things are changing between Facebook, Meta, ET, phone home, whatever it is. YouTube is Critical Conversations with LHG. So I need you to follow me on the YouTube channel as well. Get notifications when I'm coming on. As you may know, I may come on different times. I started Monday Power Hour. Took a little bit of a break to get myself together. But I will be back on next Monday for Monday Power Hour. Probably about two-ish. I think that's a good time for us. And the last few shows have really been a blessing to me um, from cleaning emails out, which I'm still working on, from having a planner that we're putting in our appointments, doctor's appointments, uh, business calls we have to make, just keeping our lives more organized. I don't know about you, but dealing with anxiety, sisters, you really can't give the enemy any room. You have to learn how to be prepared to have peace in your life and have these systems, these, these God-ordained systems in place that help you have your peace. You may be a mother, a wife, a pastor, whoever it is you do. You may work a nine to five, have a business, all of that. And those are wonderful things. But when you're overwhelmed and you have so much coming at you at once, it doesn't feel like it's a wonderful thing. So what I need you to do is get some sisters in here. Let Tuesday night at eight o'clock be your moment to tap in in the live chat. Girl Chat Weekly has its own page as well. Go ahead and follow that. We are wrapping up our book club selection, our first Girl Chat Weekly book club. We started this summer and kind of stretched it out because some of the chapters were very long and we lost a few of you, but that's okay. I'm still, I'm still here. We still going to keep it going. So tonight we're going to cover, if time permits, chapters 9 and 10. Uh, about discovering your passion and crushing it. This book is absolutely amazing to me. And as you're coming in, then we know that you're here. Uh, this book has been an eye-opener. We are talking about Tiffany Pham, P-H-A-M. She's the author. 
Girl Mogul was a book that I found in the $1.25 tree tabernacle of glad tidings and great joy. And I happened to walk in the Dollar Tree looking for something else, turned towards this table they had in the front of the store. And there were books. And if you've been watching me and following me, you know, I've been getting back into reading and I saw the words girl mogul and it just spoke to me because that's what I'm aiming for. And if you Google the word mogul, M-O-G-U-L, you will see the author Tiffany and her empire called mogul in the Google search. She's a real person, real author. And this book has been amazing. It's broken down into three big chunks, the three C's, confidence, community, and commitment. Can you put them in the, in the chat? Let me see if I can put them in the chat. Those are the three words that this book really kind of reminds us of, ladies, throughout the chapters. Community, I'm putting it in the chat while you're doing it too. Community, confidence, and commitment. And we are in the section of the book now that talks about commitment. Let's go back a little bit and talk about community and confidence. On this journey of healing, on this journey of entrepreneurism, whatever it is, you're on a journey for sisters. It's going to be super imperative that we pay attention to who we have in our community. Speaking of community, I have a page called Shades of Chocolate that is a women's support group. It's prayer, it's information, it's resources, it's all of that. And I've had it for about 13 years and it's over 480 women, but you know how groups can be. Um, people join groups and never say anything and, and join 212 groups. I've been guilty of that. I got to go through my groups and streamline. But there's a few of us, a few faithful few. Uh, Hi, Kim. Good evening. It's a few of us that have been rocking strong and rocking solid for the last few years in terms of prayer and encouraging each other, um, being there for each other. We've had a couple of outings. So if you are in need of a community, and that's important this time of the year, because while many of us are enjoying our families and, and big dinner gatherings, some of us don't have that. Some of us are isolating. So community is important. So if you would like to be in a community of ladies, uh, hey, Erica, thank you for coming through. I invite you all to join Shades of Chocolate. It's all types of women, all different colors, ethnicities, backgrounds. But the common denominator is love and prayer. And yeah, love and prayer. And really just being there for each other. This has been going on for over 13 years. We have Tuesday morning prayer. Sometimes it could be Wednesday. Sometimes it could be Friday night. We get our prayer on. We have discussions in the group. Um, we have about four or five prayer leaders. And it's just been an amazing journey. I created this group because I wanted a certain type of environment around me. And community is important. Then you get to confidence. Without confidence, sisters, 
I know many of us may struggle in this area. Uh, we want to lose weight. We want to be skinny. We want to be tall. We want to be married. We want to be this. We're going to have to get to a place where we fall in love with ourselves, not arrogantly, but convinced that God didn't make any mistake when he made us. Because without that, how are you going to be a girl mogul, as our book club selection says, girl mogul? How are you going to be a mogul of any type without confidence? And I don't always feel confident. I was just talking to Simone. Simone says, girl, I don't know how you do it. You have so much joy. You are always excited. I'm not always this. I pray a lot. And those who know me can kind of tell whether by my post or by my facial expression or whatever, they can kind of tell when I'm not feeling good because I don't know if you've noticed, but my life has changed. You see this hand, right? My life has changed. I'll just say that. So this is going to be the first Thanksgiving in a new world for Latanya Harris. Good. You know, and I'm not the only one on the planet that's experiencing major change. The job that I was so used to having for 20 plus years, I don't have it anymore. Hi, Minister Sarita. Thank you for coming through. Blessings to you, sis. Thank you. I don't have that job anymore. Um, the health that I thought I had is starting to deteriorate. So I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I'm not. I'm still LHG, but I'm in a different phase of my life. I'm in the, I'm, I'm sniffing at 50 and I ain't mad about that. But I'm, I'm telling you, you have to embrace where you are in your life and love yourself in that space, in that space. Many of you have been changing in terms of your ministries, in terms of your circle, in terms of educationally. I mean, we're all changing, sisters, are we not? Y'all got y'all tea? You know, I have this for y'all, my LHG Bling Cup. My cousin makes these, y'all. Shameless plug. Thank you, Minister Sarita. Thank you. It is the grace of God, sis. When I tell you it is nothing but the grace of God, because this transition has been hard. My whole life looked different. And, I, and change isn't all bad. Let me sip on that. We got to stop thinking that change is a death sentence. We got to stop thinking that because change is sometimes good. Sometimes God pushes us into change because if we didn't get that push from the Lord, we would stay in a rut. We would stay in relationships, in jobs, in situations that won't, that don't even help us. We would. Kim says he won't let you look like what you're going through, baby. Now, up under this here turban, I look like all I've been through. <laughs> up under my turban, y'all, listen. And even, that's even a transition. I talked about when I first started Girl Chat, I talked about having alopecia areata. And alopecia is exacerbated by stress. So, ladies, if you are having sudden hair loss, it's possible that you could have alopecia. And the more stress-induced you are, 
the more stressful situations you find yourself or put yourselves in, we are losing hair. And I went through and I go through these moments of hair is is supposed to be the woman's crown and I don't feel feminine. I go through all that. I do, but I'm pushing through it, child. I put my little lashes on. I grab my turban, my little lipstick. I put on my paparazzi jewelries, honey. And I come on here and I do what I love. And tonight's discussion in our book is discovering your passion. I want to talk about your passion, our passion. And she puts an S on the end, discovering your passions. Did you know you could have more than one passion? Yes, you can. And the key is, it's your passion. Now, I know you want to figure out what your husband's passion is, your kids, your grandchildren, and that's okay to a point. But sis, I'm asking you, what's your passion? This 60-minute show is called Girl Chat Weekly. So all the roles you play, mom, wife, daughter, all that, I'm not saying they don't exist, but this hour is for you. Do you even know what your passions are? What are those things, y'all? And you can put them in the chat. What are those things that you do that you just light up when you do it? If you've ever watched me go live about my jewelry, and I've been doing paparazzi for three years, and I enjoy it, I'm getting my stamina back um, because this has turned into a ministry for me. Yes, I make money selling jewelry but when i go live and i connect with women and men because yes we have men jury too and we're talking about everyday life we're talking about our hang-ups our triumphs the things that make us nervous things that make us happy there's something that sparks an interest in me about getting to know y'all i love community if anybody knows me, Kim will tell you I'm a natural talker. We worked together for many years and we talked for a living. And they used to tease me. When I'd be on the phone with my customers and you would think that my customer and I were best friends because I enjoyed the interactions. Not all of them because some of these customers was Looney Tunes, honey. But I found a way to enjoy my job. And I hope that you're doing that too. If you're working, I hope that you, sis, are finding a way to enjoy what it is you do. You cannot allow fickle people, whether it's coworkers, bosses, executives, whatever, don't let anybody take you off your square at work. I tussled with that. And I gave people way too much power over my mental capacity, sisters. I'm just, can we just be honest tonight? When you people please, ooh, when you are a people pleaser and you and your everyday mantra or objective is to make everybody else happy, it does not do well for you. It's not healthy. So at 48 and half after enduring multiple health challenges, I finally got an epiphany. It's God that I should be pleasing. And when I please him, He'll take care of everybody else. Kim says, yes, you would be extremely engaged with customers. I used to, man, but I wasn't always like that. I had to get to a place of, of confidence and comfort. 
and we had a great community at work, Kim. We were, we were so, and we are not were, we are still close. But but even in that work surrounding, we didn't always like what was happening around us, but we love each other. And we were able to get over some of the hurdles that we had in the work environment because of the relationships that we had with each other. We endured some happy times and some tough times. We had some good days and not so good days. Uh, during the course of the 20 plus years that we worked together, many of us lost loved ones. Many of us uh, had children or had got married. I mean, when you have connections in a community, you experience each other's life changes, the good and the bad. And I say that because community is not just family. It could be where you live. It could be your neighborhood. It could be where you, who you work with. It could be a Facebook community, a podcast community. Community is a big part of the healing process as well. Come on, Kim. I see some passions rolling through here. Kim says, I love doing makeup and styling looks on myself and others. You need to follow Kim Wilson. She is a makeup artist and she does go live and she allows us to see how things unfold and how she creates these amazing looks. That's a passion of hers. And she's always been very gorgeous in how she dresses, makeup always together. Anybody who knows Kim or has ever been around her knows that she loves makeup and clothes. Thank you, Minister Sarita. So y'all keep putting your passions in the comments. So one of my passions is communicating. Ever since I was a child, I was a talker. Think about your old church growing up. And you will have youth services. You will have Easter programs and, and different stuff. I was always the one on somebody's program, whether it's doing a poem being the MC, I've written plays as a child. I had a talk show as a child. Yes, I did. We talked about it on last night's uh, show. Go back and watch the replay. Uh, one of my big sisters um, that I grew up with in my childhood, she brought up my old first, my first talk show. It was called The Question. The Question Is. That was a theme song, honey. We had theme song and everything, child. We had a, a whole production. We, we acted as if we were in a big studio. We had camera people. We had commercials. I've been doing this for a while because this is something that I love. I love to communicate. I love to, to get to know people, to help people feel valued. I'm talking about me now. This may not be your testimony, but my mother and my father are great speakers. They are great communicators. They are leaders. They are people who can, can put things together very well. So I got it from both parents. Uh, so growing up, I wanted to be a news anchor woman. Who out there remembers Carmen Harlan? She ain't that old. But if you in my generation, it was Diana Lewis, Carmen Harlan, uh, Doris Biscoe. Those were the African-American women on the news here in the Detroit area. Uh, and those were my on TV idols. 
I wanted to tell the news. I wanted to be either the one in the field or the one in the studio giving the news. But I shied away from it because I did not look like them. I don't have the body type that they have. Um, I had a jerry curl. Have you ever seen a TV anchor person with jerry curl? I did not. If I'm wrong, put it in the comments. I didn't see near one of those news anchor people with a leisurely curl. It just wasn't accepted then. They wanted us to have long, flowy hair. They had us putting on long, flowy wigs. They didn't want us having it. Was nobody on the news wearing natural hair? What no turbans on it? Can we tell the truth? Think about it. Wherever you are at, think about the news back in the day. Everyone had a certain look. There were no jerry curls. There were no turbans. There were no dreadlocks, no sister locks. None of that. The news media anchor women and men had to look a certain way. Everybody wore black, gray, blue. Now y'all on here with y'all cleavage out. Hey, y'all seen some of these weather ladies coming in with their whole cleavage out, talking about the weather. Hey, Simone, make sure you ain't getting in trouble being at school and on, on your phone. <laughs> That's my girl, y'all. But I shied away from it. Yes, it was. It was a mainstream, universal kind of look, Kim. They weren't trying to have you with your natural whatever. And, and that's still not all the way accepted today, y'all. I mean, nowadays you see people in a more relaxed setting. I turned on Channel 2, and instead of being behind an, an anchor desk, they on the couch. Just sitting back, just, just shooting the breeze. News has changed over the decades. But when we grew up, Kim, and those who are in our 40s and 50s, it was very staunched, very, you know, poised, you know, kind of robotic, so to speak. And even the, the black women, they had to have their hair look more like white women. We just, just, just tell the truth, you know? And um, so I shied away from that dream because I didn't think I fit the mold for that. Simone says, girl, I love you. I'm, I'm okay. We're relaxing, having a friend, Friendsgiving celebration. I love that, Simone. Somebody invite me to y'all Friendsgiving. I've been seeing all these posts about Friendsgiving. Goodness, LHG likes friends and giving. Kim says that Moriel Lude used to wear tight, short dresses and house shoes. <laughs> Kim, not house shoes, girl. And not... <laughs> But you know what? After we got to what? Maybe the 90s, people's dresses. First of all, you, you used to not even be able to see them from, you only saw them from the, you know, from here to here on the news. But as people start getting more creative with the news or someone in the field, you will see them, you know, on the scene, as they call it, and you will see their whole body. But as we got into the 90s, 2000s, People started to dress a little bit differently. But in the 80s, it was extremely a certain way because they wanted your attention to be not on their hair or their clothing, but on what they were saying. Yes, please mail me a plate. Please mail me a plate. Not house shoes, Kim. Lord Jesus. But, but news is different now. Some of the news is really, really conversational and not so informational 
um, they've changed over the years. But, but I mentioned that because that was my dream. I was going to go to Specs Howard for broadcasting. I didn't do that, but I ended up at UOD for liberal arts, communications, and broadcast journalism. So I still stuck with it a little bit, but I just knew I was different. Has anybody just ever realized and come to the fact that you're just different? You don't fit anybody's mold. And I had to learn, and I'm still learning that. What would you like to eat? And are there, <laughs> I don't have no allergies, child. Divine swine, if you please. Put everything swine on my plate. <laughs> All things swinely. Divinely swinely. So over the years, things have changed. And people are even more accepting of plus-size women. Back in the day, we they weren't accepting. Models were not big back in the day. We're just now catching. Come on, Kim. Kim says, I am my own category. I always love Kim's confidence. And that should be our mantra, sisters. We are our own category. So even in the workplace, let me tell y'all. <laughs> Divinely swinely, Simone. I ain't giving up my swine for nobody. God didn't tell me to. That ain't, that ain't my portion. I enjoy all the animals in the zoo. <laughs> Not all of them, but I deserve the ones the ones on the on the farm. I deserve to enjoy. So now that we have grown in our acceptance of people's differences and being large, we we've grown in the acceptance of people looking different skin. Even there was colorism. There's been colorism back in the day. If you're too dark, you're too this, you're too that. So we don't have to fit in anybody. This is not my topic tonight, but, but evidently I needed to talk through this. We don't have to fit in anybody's category, even in the workplace. If you work for people who are real staunchy and, and they only want you to look and talk a certain way, we're going to have a problem. We are our own unique individuals. You should have a subject about childhood issues. Also hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And they don't want to talk about it. Minister Sarita, yes, I have covered that several times. And I plan to continue to cover that. I'm even going to be doing some closed sessions for Girl Chat where we can really have some discussions about it. Like on a Zoom. Uh, because I believe God really wants to deliver us specifically in that area. Thank you for mentioning that because our childhood trauma tends to time travel. Trauma is a time traveler when it's not addressed from the position of the spiritual and the clinical. Jesus and therapy, biggie size, if you please. So absolutely minister sarita thank you for bringing that up because we come we are holding it and for me i can say this now that for me my weight and um yeah my weight represents a weight that has been going on in my mind for many years i have been holding it and let me tell you why i've been holding it dear religious fanatics that have subscribed to the lie that if you speak it, 
you're going to be that forever. Dear religious fanatics, those of you who stood on those pulpits or at those altars or in those families, in those houses, yes, particularly our families, and said, don't talk about nothing. What goes on in this house stays in this house. That's one of the reasons a lot of us are walking around with extra weight today. I'm just going to tell the truth. Hey, cousin Kenyatta, I'm just going to tell the truth because we have, we have said, well, if you, if you say you have anxiety, if you claim you have depression, if you, if you mention that you're going through this, then that means, you know, your faith isn't where it should be. You're not saved enough. The devil is a liar. And what Kim? A deceiver too. That's a part of the Houston. Dear Houston, comma, I believe, semicolon, we have found a problem. Huh. I drink to that. We have held on to so much. And I put a post out there, y'all. This is so not my topic, but it's just us girls. I put a post out there because I saw a post that said how important it was to marry into a family that loves you. And I took it a different direction. How about marrying into a family that love each other? There are so many families, our family dynamic, even our families, our people, our families are at odds because of stuff that has happened that split us down the middle. Come on. Come through now because that's true because my uncle raped did he rape you, Minister Sarita, from 7 to 12? Jesus. That's the kind of stuff we've been holding on to, Minister Sarita Wilson Hood. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Because we that's the kind of stuff we've been holding on. Thank you, Kim. You know, I, I love an organic conversation. Because I, I had notes. You know, I always come note, noted. <laughs> I come noted. But, but but when God takes us a different direction, I just yield. I just yield. Minister Sarita, oh my God. Kenyatta, we we all, whew, sisters, many of us have stories like that. Whether it was the uncle, for me, it was the church musician that was inappropriate. Or my stepfather, people who have access to you. Come on, cousin. Marry into a family that loves each other. We got to work on our family bond, our family love. Thank you, Kim. Yes, prayers going to you, Minister Sarita, because that's huge. Yes, loving prayers to you. Thank you, Kim. We have to do that as sisters. When, when our sisters um, open up like that, we have to we have to give that that love to them. And thank you for even sharing, all of you, for even being here with me tonight. There is something that I feel the enemy must know that we would be so much powerful, more powerful, if we stay connected more, even in our families. We love you, Minister Sarita. We love you. I believe he knew and he knows if he attacks our families, y'all. 
if he allows childhood trauma and sexual perversion, what is it about these uncles and these and these deacons and preachers and and organists and what is it about this this sexual thing with young girls? That's a demonic spirit. It's sexual perversion. Come on. And here we are at seven years old, thrust into a whole world of sexual curiosity that we ain't even ready for. We ain't even ready for that. We love you too. Simone, you have your own story. When when these predators, can we call it, can I call them what I want to call them? These monsters. And I know hurt people hurt people and these people probably have some deep-rooted issues, but I'm sorry. Why do we always have to be the, the ones they mess with? You're always bothering young, young girls and boys too. We can't keep the, the little boys out. And men are not as, as comfortable in sharing what the minister Sarita just, just shared. Men don't share that. In every aspect, there is strength in numbers. We have to come together and deal with these things. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I haven't been dealing, Kim. I've been functionally dysfunctional. Hear me what I say. Functionally dysfunctional. Let me tell you what I learned in the last three years. Mental illness is not just people walking around swatting flies and talking to themselves. We think that that's what mental illness is. And when we were young, Kim, they called it crazy. They used the word crazy to, to categorize people who have mental illnesses. In the church, instead of praying and offering resources, they called it crazy. So now, here we are 40 years later, Cousin Kenyatta. Here we are 30, 40, and for some of us, 50 years later, now struggling in the area of mental illness because we have held on to the toxicity for so long. And even when we tried to tell, many of us, myself included, did tell, but we were told we were liars. I wasn't going here tonight, but I guess God said something different. Sisters, this Kim is such a stigma. That was what was crazy was the stigma. And you're going to basically tell me, you're going to connect what I'm dealing with with my faith. You must be going through this because you sinned. You must be dealing with anxiety and depression because you are a whoremonger or you backslid. That's not always necessarily true. Now, mind you, sin can come with some stuff that can look like anxiety and maybe depression, but not every depressed person is out here sinning. I mean, we all fall short, but you can't definitively say that the reason why you're dealing with this is because of that. I don't think any of us have that power to say that. Who gave who gave them that right? We were told we were liars. You fast. You lying. He didn't do. 
You just mad because that ain't your daddy. You just mad because that's my man. Come on. The, the movie Precious triggered me. Can I be honest? And I watched the, that movie with my mother. I watched Precious with my mom. That was the bad move. The movie Precious reminded me of my life, but I watched it with my mother. I could barely catch my breath, Cousin Kenyatta. I wanted to start screaming and run out of the theater, Cousin Kenyatta. And I was thinking to myself, what is, what is she thinking? Does she realize that this movie mirrors parts of my life? Am I saying that every child that says they were touched is telling the truth? I'm not saying that. I'm saying we owe them the investigation. We owe them the opportunity to tell it. And we figure out what's going on before you call them a liar. Don't just assume they're lying because you don't think the person is capable of doing that. You don't, you, I'm sure for my sister who said she was raped, I'm sure the rest of the family probably didn't want to accept that. Not uncle so-and-so, not cousin so-and-so, not my brother, not, come on. There are women out here who have been victims of incest at the hands of their dads, whether it's stepdad or biological dad. Believe the child first. I'm going to go with that. Believe the child until you can prove that the child is telling a lie. Believe the child. Believe the child. Yes, I understand that false allegations can be hurtful, but I'm going to ask you to believe the child first and do the necessary due diligence to find out what's going on. But the key is in 2023, okay, I feel my helping here. I don't have to stay quiet for nobody. I'm a whole grown woman. And I'm not coming on here to trigger you. Please forgive me if this discussion is triggering, sisters. But sometimes it takes a trigger to identify a trigger and identify a conversation that needs to be had. Maybe you're triggered because you haven't brought it up and out. Maybe it's troubling and it's jarring because it's been sitting in your belly for so long. That it's become a part of you for so long. The pain has become a part of you for so long that you've gotten used to the pain. You pop the pills for the pain. Sometimes our minds send signals to the body that, hey, we ain't good upstairs. We ain't good up here. What y'all doing downstairs? Because the mind is telling the body, are y'all good down there? Because something happening up here with us. Are y'all safe down here? Because we ain't feeling safe up here on the first floor. Jesus. Come on, Simone. Cousin says, let me find out it's a false allegation. I'm going to believe the defenseless. Then if I find the allegation is false, I'm big enough to apologize. 
And do you know that not being believed hurt just as much, if not more, than the actual incident itself? Because the people who are calling us liars are parents, aunts, uncles, cousins. People who are supposed to have our best interest in mind. Kim says, speak it, let them know it's a safe place. Let it out. You wonder why the children's behavior is changing. You wonder why certain kids don't want to go around certain adults. Don't make them go around just everybody. You wonder why they don't want to go around that uncle. Don't send me to that person's house anymore. And you packing them up, shipping them off to grandmama, shipping them off to whoever, and that's where they're being abused. And do you want to know who's suffering? Do you want to know what happens when that type of trauma isn't addressed? Can I tell you a little bit about what happens? Come on here and stop making them hug Uncle Ruckus. Don't make these children hug people. That's a problem, y'all. We've done this all wrong. Sisters and brothers of y'all sneaking and watching too. <laughs> it's okay. We've done this wrong. Many of us, many people need to apologize to some people. And you know who you are. If you sat up there and told a child it was lying and you didn't know for sure, you, if that child, even if that child is grown up, free them by going to them and saying, I believe you. Oh, Jesus. Do you know what hearing I believe you would have done for my broken spirit? Not just then, but even now. And it still hasn't been said directly to me, quiet as it's kept. But I'm choosing to forgive. I didn't always choose that. Elder Sandra Cobb, the forgiveness coach, LaBrenda Armstead. Dr. Chrissy Lawson, I have people in my world, my family. I have people in my circle, Kim, Cousin Kenyatta. This is my village and I'm on a forgiveness journey. Now, forgiveness does not mean acceptance. I will never accept the fact that that happened to me as right, but I will accept that it happened. It's over. It wasn't my fault. And I'm not only going to survive, but I'm championing through it. Okay. Kenyatta says, I'm always accused of being overprotective. Me too. But I'm good with it too. If it, if it protects, I'm good with it too. I'm good with it too. I will link you to Dr. Christy Lawson. Follow her on Facebook, Kenyatta. That's, um, that's my sister. I love her dearly. She has a very powerful ministry. Um, yes, please follow her on Facebook, everybody. She has her own practice as well. Her own practice. We need to, we're going to have some closed sessions. I put a post out about a couple of weeks ago about having a multi-generational panel. 
about topics like this, about hygiene, about relationships, about dating, about trauma, about loving ourselves, about how to dress, about support garments. There's going to be some closed Zoom sessions. And I want different generational uh, women involved because I think we have stopped talking to each other and helping each other the way that we probably should. I don't know where all the church mothers are. I don't know where they are. Back in the day, we had church mothers. But some of us as women are walking around holding on to so much. I choose to forgive too, cousin, but it does hurt. And thank you for being honest and transparent in that. Even in our choice to forgive, it hurts. Because we can't help but think, how could they? But here's what I'm learning, Cousin Kenyatta and everybody. Our parents, aunts, uncles, those who were responsible for us growing up in those years, they can only respond based on their upbringing. There's a lot of stuff that went unaddressed in our homes. And it starts to surface as you get into relationships. Can I tell you, sisters, for every hurt woman out here, it's another, it's a hurt man out here. You're not going to see a lot of men talking about that. You're not going to see men posting the way that we open up about trauma. You're not going to see too many men say, Honey, I was molested. Sweetheart, I was touched. They're not going to say that. But you know how I know? It's because some of them don't want to be vulnerable. And it comes out as either aggression outwardly or isolation. And marriages start to suffer. When we are not individually dealing with our trauma, ladies and gentlemen out there, the marriage can suffer because now you're like, what do I do with this? If you're not willing to get counseling individually and maybe even you need to do it collectively, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to hit a wall. And just because you admit that you've gone through something, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you any less of a person. And to the men, Admitting that you've been touched by someone, contrary to popular belief, doesn't mean that you're automatically homosexual. I hate when people say that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that every male that is molested has to be homosexual. That's crazy. No. If that's the case, it would be the same thing for every female that got molested by another woman. Is she automatically a lesbian? No. No. I, I can't, I'm not a doctor, psychiatrist, or anything like that. That just doesn't make sense to me. We can't say that definitively. We don't know what happened in that person's life or mine. But I will say this. Okay. <laughs> When a child is thrust into an adult situation, 
I will say it opens up a curiosity and they don't know where they stand sexually at times because stuff is happening to them that ain't right. Your uncle is not supposed to touch you. Your father, stepfather, cousin, whoever is not supposed to touch you. So therefore you put that child in a curious place where he or she may not know what's what. Come on. Sexual molestation can cause confusion sexually. A six-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old shouldn't even have to think about that at seven. But when people, when these predators engage in this foolishness and disgusting activity with kids, you push a child into a place of, I don't know what I like. And I shouldn't even be liking nothing right now. I'm seven. Goodness gracious. So yes, many young men and young women probably do go through a moment of, I like everybody. Because things are happening to us that are not supposed to happen. And we feel defenseless because we can't say anything. That's our uncle. That's our dad. That's our stepfather. If I say stop, if I say no, I can get physically harmed. Many of us have been threatened. If you tell anybody, I'm going to kill someone, so-and-so. So a child internalizes that for the rest of their lives if it's not addressed. I don't even, ooh, this wasn't my purpose tonight. But my prayer, sisters, is that we are able to lay this stuff down. And get it off of us. Laying aside every weight. These are weights. When your body has experienced sexual trauma, it's a weight. It's confusion. It's you feel like the world is against you. Why me? And then on top of that, somebody don't believe you. People have taken their lives over this. People have taken their lives over this because you're making them into the villain and they were the ones that got touched. How dare you turn around and protect the predator and denounce your own child? Where they do that at? So now you have a bunch of adults fighting for their lives, a bunch of women and men struggling to show up right in a relationship, struggling to not be angry every day, struggling maybe in their own sexuality because things have happened to their body that the mind won't let them forget. When I tell you we need Jesus in therapy like never before, we cannot be ashamed no more, sisters, brothers of y'all out there. Our lives depend on it. Our futures, our children's future, our legacy depend on us getting well. Us, ladies, us. So if you have experienced that tonight, we're going to pray. 
ever going to ask God to take this weight off of us. We're going to ask God to help us to forgive because we know we can't see him without it. And forgiveness is a gift to us. Forgiveness is the closure that we gift ourselves. I'm closing the door. I'm locking that chapter up. I'm over that as best I can be. I'm moving past that. I don't say I'm over it. I'll say I am going to maneuver through it. That's a better statement. I don't think you get over stuff like that unless God literally frees you 100%. And he can, he can. But I'm, I don't like to say get over so quickly because that looks different for all of us ladies. For years, I couldn't even, thank you, thank you, sis. I think that's more sensitive. I think that's more um, accepting to everybody's journey. I don't like when people say, just get over it, Tanya. That has made me feel really embarrassed. I've heard people say that to other people. Well, you just get over it. You don't just get over, you maneuver and you process. You process. You pray, you get counseling, you have a community of people who love you, a village, and you process. So many of us have stuff that's unprocessed. Okay. It's almost like eating something that's not digestible and doesn't belong in our bodies. The body is going to reject it. Many of us have stuff that have happened to us that our body and our minds want to reject. But it did happen. It doesn't define you, but it did happen. So how we see life, we see life through the lens of trauma. We see relationships even through the lens of trauma. And when you see life in that way, you may not trust. It took years for someone to even come close to me or touch me because of what my stepfather, my first stepfather, let me be clear, what my first stepfather did to me. My papa who died, uh, Minister King, may he rest in peace. He would never do anything to harm me. But I, at first I did not like him because of what the first stepfather, I gave my, I gave my papa a hard time because he was becoming another stepfather. And in my mind, all stepfathers were predators. I didn't know any better. So I stayed away. I did not trust him for years. I had to learn that he would never hurt me or touch me in that way. Sisters, I'm talking to all of us. We have to be careful of who we interact with in dating, in marriage. We have to protect our children and ourselves. I'm not perfect. And sometimes we are too quick to bring people around our children because we just want somebody so bad. Can we just be honest tonight? I'm about to get, I got five minutes. I want us to get to the point where we're more selective, where we don't mind being lonely. So it protects us and our kids. It don't always have to be like that. We don't always have to have a man laying up in our home. 
Go out and date. Talk on the phone. FaceTime. When you bring people into your private homes or private quarters where your children are, sometimes we make that space not safe anymore. I felt like that growing up. Home wasn't safe because my first stepfather lived there. And he reminded me that he had access to me. My mother would go to work and he would come busting in my room. I couldn't lock my door. He would tear it down. I could come in any room I want to come in. I'm trying to put my clothes on. It don't matter. Horrible. Horrible. Hi, Dr. Chrissy. Thank you for stopping in. And yes, Cousin Kenyatta wants to link up with you and reach out to you. So this was not the discussion for the night, but I feel better now that I've had it. Um, we have to let some stuff go. And when I say let it go, I mean, get it out of us. I'm not saying get over it. I'm saying process through it. I'm saying no longer allow it to be a stronghold for us. I don't want to be in my 50s and 60s and never experience life in full throttle because of childhood trauma or any trauma. I want to experience a wonderful life of laughter and joy and enjoyment and fall in love and all of those things. And they are attainable sisters. We probably just gonna have to do it together. I don't want you to feel as though you're by yourself. There are communities out here. Dr. Christy Lawson has one called I Finally Chose Me or Finally I Choose Me. Correct me, uh, Dr. Christy, if you can put it in the comments. It's a whole community about choosing you, sister. That's a thing. It's a whole thing. Making choices for you and not just everybody else. Finally, I choose me, my happiness, my health, my wealth, my strength, my joy, my passion. Choose you, sis. It's long overdue. Now, I'm not saying choosing you means you have to be anti-everybody else. I'm not saying that. Yes, Sister Sandra, your peace. Many of us have raised kids. We have been there for grandchildren. We have had spouses. We have done a lot of stuff. But even in all that, did you choose you? It is possible to be in a relationship and still choose you. And the right mate will want you to choose you. How about that? The right person will encourage you to choose you. And will say, girl, I want you to be okay. Baby love. <laughs> I got to get out of here, y'all. Well. We were supposed to do chapter 9 and 10 of Girl Mogul. We got the rest of the year to get through Girl Mogul. <laughs> we started a new book in January, so I ain't mad. But I want to pray. 
I want to thank y'all for hanging with me tonight. Girl Chat Weekly is a whole community. Like the page. I love you too, Sister Sandra. You know that with my heart and soul, I do. That's my sister slash auntie slash mama slash all of that. <laughs> I love y'all because she's been rocking with me for a while. And even through life's changes, there are people who are there. Life is filled with swift transitions. None on earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. And we're going to hold to God's unchanging hand. Father, in the name of Jesus. Woo, thank you for a time of refreshing tonight. I guess we needed to release some things tonight, Lord. And I thank you for every sister that came through in solidarity and support. Thank you for those who shared out of the depths of their souls. I ask you to heal every one of us. Help us to process and maneuver through some things that have been holding us captive. Help us to tell our story for your glory. Help us to be a help to other women. Help us to be a sisterhood. Help us to choose ourselves unapologetically so we can regain our health mentally, our health physically, and even our wealth. Thank you for helping us tap into our passions and that we love to do, whatever those things are that we love to do. I thank you, God, for covering us from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet and everything in between, God. Give us restful sleep tonight. Thank you for this upcoming holiday. For many of us, it's going to be different and it's kind of bittersweet. But God, I am grateful for just being here and for having sisters who love me. And for my family and friends, I thank you, God, for even for our businesses being prosperous, our ministries being effective, God. So until we meet again in this space. We thank you. We honor you. We adore you. And we lift your name. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. I'm not losing my eyelashes tonight. Okay, I'll be back Saturday at 5 o'clock. And our topic is sustainability. That's a whole department in many companies. How does the company stay, you know, vital in the community? But there is a personal sustainability I want us to talk about. And that's men and women, not just women. So we'll talk about that this Saturday at 5 p.m. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I love you all. Polished on Purpose is my business. We have a promotion this month. If you place an online order for 35 bucks or more, you get a free gorgeous gift. And if you want to become a consultant, you can do so for only $20. I'll put it all in the comments, honey. I'm a whole entrepreneur. But I love you all. Thank you all for being with me, for being a part of this community. You're my community. I will see you next time. Follow me on YouTube at Critical Conversations with LHG. On Facebook, Critical Conversations. Follow Trailblazers Radio. Dot com. That's our website. Get to know our two new hosts, Tony and Kai. We're doing big things. Set notifications, subscribe, 
and we'll see you next time. I love you all. Be blessed.